five. Then you're at Titans five and five, Jacksonville six and four. And the Titans have won one head to head against Jacksonville. So they're a game back. Like that's how quickly the tides can turn. Oh, hey there. Welcome in to the Hot Read Podcast live here at Boomba's Crouch Pizza and Tap House here in Spring Hill. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadSportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. Joined, as always, by my lovely producer, JT. You can follow on social media at JT underscore Runky. JT, when was the last time somebody described you as lovely? Maybe when I was like in preschool or something. I have no idea. You know, that's not what I hear. It was uh, I was looking for a descriptive word and that's what came to mind. So well, congratulations. It's a compliment. You. Absolutely. You. I'm very yeah. flattered. Uh, and I'm excited to be back here at Boombaz. You know, uh, it's a it's a gross Thursday uh afternoon here, or I guess evening, since I guess it gets dark so early. I was now. about to say it feels um, like seven thirty eight. It, it is because usually when we do when we do the show, right like that's how, knew, that's how I knew from the like, we get towards right. the end here. It's like, oh, it's starting to get dark. All right. Absolutely. It's football time. And guess what? Now it is, uh, it is, um, yes, it is dark already. It Sorry. is dark. I am flustered because I got a new computer. You did get a new computer. An hour today. and a half ago. You, you've spent the last hour. We've been setting up here at Boombaz and you've just been setting up all of your new accounts and set it like putting in passwords and all of that. Yes. Um, it's a gross day. Like you said, we got gross Thursday night football to watch tonight, which we will be doing here live from Boombaz as promised as contractually obligated. We will be here watching the Panthers bears matchup, mm-hmm. a matchup that the bears organization would love to end in a tie. Uh, maybe bet a little on a tie. Who knows? Like if I'm you're betting, ever... I'm betting that it goes to overtime. Bet to over, sure. yeah. Bet to overtime is is we're live with that bet here on this game. Um, but we're talking Titans Buccaneers today. We'll be previewing that as we always do on Thursdays. A couple of housekeeping things before we dive into this Sunday matchup for Will Levis and company. If you are watching with us live on TikTok, or excuse me, not on TikTok, on Twitter or on Facebook, make sure to go on over to YouTube, Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. That's where you really want to watch us live. It's great that you're checking out the live streams on those other platforms. Awesome. You have a better experience on YouTube. At Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page, you can find this live stream and join the conversation like Derek and Titan Fox. Derek asking, is anybody actually watching this garbage tonight? Um, at least two folks, these two guys right We're here. We're sickos. Um, but we are, we are contractually obligated to do yes. so. Otherwise, I don't know what my answer would be. Um, Kenneth also here. Saying good evening, guys. The Levis era is here. Vibes are high despite the three and five record till a game is played. Absolutely, Kenneth. The vibes are high. We're excited to talk about what Will Levis can do in his third game of his NFL career. We, of course, have to talk about our lovely and amazing sponsors here at Boom Boss Craft Pizza. We love it here. We can't wait for every Thursday, each and every week, we get to come down here and do the show, which is awesome. We love doing the show from here. Great setup. But then we get to hang out at the bar eat delicious pizza and appetizers pizza unlike any pizza you've had before i've not really talked up the craft pizza element of this place recently and it deserves it because they have some delicious pizzas that i guarantee guarantee you have never tried before which you should come and do and if you come and join us on thursdays we're doing gift card giveaways each and every week so if you just come on down about 20 25 minutes down the highway from downtown nashville to boomba's craft pizza and tap house here in spring hill Say hello. Say, I know who you are. I'm here to watch the game. I'm here to watch the show. We will give you a gift card. You can eat and drink for free, my friend. That is an advertisement that should sell itself. I don't know how much more smooth talk I got to do to get you down here for some free food and booze. It's a good time. We'd love to see you each and every Thursday night this season. All right. Let's dive into Titans and Buccaneers, which is our topic of discussion today. Maybe a shorter show for you today. If you are a fan of all of our fine content here on the 440 Podcast Network, you know that I did a show earlier today filled in for Zach Lyons, who last I checked, JT, latest reports indicate he has lost C, maybe the latest victim of the Bermuda Triangle. I don't know, but he is gone possibly forever. Um, And so I was filling in, talking about the Titans in his stead on a football show today. Had a great time talking with Braden Gall. After you finish watching this show, you can really get the second half of the Titans Buccaneers preview by going and watching or listening to the recording of that show, a football show here on the 440 podcast. Now you can find it on 440's YouTube channel. 
the uh, a football show podcast feed, of course. You just search that up where you get your podcasts. So check that out. But we're talking in this episode of a Hot Read podcast about all the things I didn't mention in a football show today. So they are very de- – when I do a two-show day like this, I make sure to not repeat myself as much as humanly possible because I know that there are folks that listen to both and don't want to hear the redundancy. So I've got some new takes a couple hours later. I've had a couple of hours in the lab to, to generate some thoughts on this game. Marinate. May, may have, I've let this game marinate on the old dome, and I've got some thoughts. And I want to start with this. JT, it is a number. It is, it is a number we plugged in here for our stats and info portion of the preview that you brought to me. I was unfamiliar with this statistic. It's, a, it's from the world of betting, which we get into later with the best bet gauntlet, obviously. We're going to continue to roll and make you money and make ourselves money while we're at it. Um, but it is a betting number that pertains to the winning and losing of this game, and it is so good. You, you come to me with numbers as, as the good producer you are. I say thank you, and I, I, I claim them as my own, as, as a host does. It's, it's, it's a little behind the curtain of the show business here. But this one felt so good and so unique that I feel bad stealing it from you. So would you mind telling the people what this statistic is. It's good news for the Titans. It is really good news for the Titans. And maybe it's random. It is, it's a weird it's so number. random. But it's <laughs> a strong, it's a, it's got some strong signal on it. And, and this basically has to do not with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Titans in general. Here. It's a great state it, of Florida. It has to do with the wacky and great state of Florida. <laughs> um, so I found this on Action Network. Shout out to the guys over there. They do wonderful work. Great work. Um, but teams that face either the Buccaneers, Jaguars, or Dolphins on the second leg of a road trip or more. So that is the Titans actually this week and next week because they will be heading to Jacksonville on a three-game road Road trip trip. there. Um, Those teams on the second and third legs are 95-51-5 and against the spread in the last 20 years. That, that's an insane hit rate right there. It is. I don't know what it is. Uh, Maybe it's the fact that the weather is typically nice. Uh, maybe it's, it's the fact it's something that the, about Florida, man. Uh, these teams have been like largely bad over the last 20 years probably has true. something to do with it. But again, the spread is factored in there. So like that means they have to be bad against spreads. I don't know from a betting standpoint, we're going to use that later. Yes. And we spoiler, we are taking one of us is taking <laughs> a side in the Titans game for a, a record 10th week in a row, ninth week in a row. Um, now we may go the whole season and bet one of the sides in the Titans game every single week. We don't know. Um, I, I don't come into the week planning on doing that. It just so happens one of us, at least each week, likes the Titans in that game or likes the Titans opponent in that game. But that's a crazy number. Another number that is fascinating to me and shouldn't really shock you if you've been watching Will Levis and the Titans operate recently, it's Will Levis and his proclivity to push the ball downfield. Most completions of 20-plus yards from week 8 to week 9, so in the last two weeks, the two weeks that Will Levis has been playing, he is second in the league to only Dak Prescott on the Dallas Cowboys. Dak has 12 completions of 20-plus yards. Will Levis has 10. Baker Mayfield, his opponent in this matchup, is tied for fifth on this leaderboard with eight such completions. So these are two teams that like to push the ball down the field. Not shocking, given, given Will Levis's play style. And then Baker Mayfield, less his play style and more the weapons at his disposal. You know, Goodwin, or Goodwin Godwin and, uh, and Evans two very, very talented receivers that are good at getting space downfield, getting open, and Baker has a sneaky big arm, can get that ball down there to them. Um, I want to talk about this road stretch for the Titans and these next two games in Florida in particular because we we love a good halfway. We love a good one-third of the season check-in, a halfway check-in. We love milestones, right, and talking about the narrative um, and the the, the 10,000-foot picture of what a, a team's season is going to look like. And a lot has been made over the past couple of weeks about how this London game really means a lot before the bye, about what this team's season is going to look like. Oh, this, you know, this game after the bye, Atlanta, this is really the last, they got to win this game or they're, they're probably in tank mode. Oh, this Tampa, this, this Pittsburgh game, if they win this, get to 500, they're really, I think that that's all been fine and good and, and whatever. I, I am going to put, my, I'm going to plant my flag in the ground on these two games and say, this game against Tampa Bay on Sunday, and then the game against Jacksonville, both games in Florida, the next two weeks, the Titans. These are the games that make or break their season from a competing for the playoff standpoint. Now, obviously, I would, I would say Titans fans are actually blessed by the fact that this season, 
winning is kind of a bonus at this point because it's about looking forward to what Will Levis can develop into to really go pedal to the metal full speed ahead in 2024. $100 million of cap space building around him. Rand Carthen with his first year of real offseason flexibility. All of those things. Super exciting. So that's really what we're looking towards here, right? But this Titans team clearly capable of winning games, clearly capable of losing games. And they're in a division that is currently being won pretty handily by the Jaguars. But you look at the talent of these teams, the advanced metrics, the schedule for these teams coming forward or com- coming up in, in, in the future. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that this Titans team, if they got hot and if Will Levis continued to play at this level and they start to put some wins together, could be a playoff contender in the hunt down the stretch in December and January. So that being said, these two games at Tampa Bay in week 10 at Jacksonville in week 11, they matter so much for that. Currently sitting at three and five, right? This Titans team, really their playoff hopes are hinging largely on the fact that they have five division games remaining, two of which are against the division leading Jacksonville Jaguars who are at six and two and have a serious lead on the Titans. They need to win that Jacksonville game, not to look too far ahead, but in week 11, that is a must. Against this Tampa Bay team, it's also very important not to go three and six. And so when you look at the two as kind of a as kind of a package deal, I think that the outcomes are if you lose both, your playoff hopes are scuttled. You need to be looking for a top tackle lottery ticket in the in the in the draft and, and vying for that draft positioning because if you drop both of these games and fall to three and seven your season is pretty much from a playoff standpoint a wash if you win one of these games and you get to four and six you're not dead now if you're going to win one it needs to be that jacksonville game right you need to have that head-to-head um two game swing in the division plan uh the, the, the division standings rather Um, So that's what they need to plan on doing is is win that game. And obviously that's something that is going to be, I think, a dogfight of a game. We'll get to that next week. Yeah, I mean, real quick, just like you were saying, and and not even to to talk about how important, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Jacksonville has a very tough matchup this week against the San Francisco team that is on a huge losing streak off the bye just like Jacksonville is. They're easily the more desperate team in that matchup. San Francisco needs that game far more than Jacksonville does. And so you could be looking at the possibility here of if the Titans and Will Levis are able to get a win this week, um, and then you go and and the Jacksonville Jaguars lose to a very desperate San Francisco team, and you move on to next week's game where you can have a two-point swing in the division, just like like we were saying before the Atlanta game, like, it's not over yet. These, these things can happen with, with the snap of your fingers, right? Everything can change overnight. And, and with the way that this Titans team is playing, if they are able to put it together, I think there's a good shot. Well, if, if Jacksonville, I'm not saying that they're likely to, but if Jacksonville loses this week and then loses the Titans and the Titans win out the next two weeks, this, this is an example of how quickly things can flip. Yep. The Titans will go from, we're sitting right now, Jacksonville leading the division six and two, Titans at three and five. Then you're at Titans five and five, Jacksonville six and four, and the Titans have won one head to head against Jacksonville. So they're a game back. Like that's how quickly the tides can turn. And so that's why we're not writing them off for the playoffs, but they need to win at least one of these two games. And if they win both on the road, not only does that restore some semblance of confidence in this team's ability to accomplish anything on the road, win on the road, um, not consistently shoot themselves in the foot on the road, but it, it puts them in real contending for the AFC South position. And you, you still have one Jacksonville game coming up. So at that point in that hypothetical, the Titans would actually control their destiny. Because if you then win the other Jackson, if you, you know, you're one game back, but you have a head to hand game left. If you win that game, you've got the tiebreaker, both games. So not writing them off, but this absolutely is a season defining pair of games for them. And it starts with Tampa Bay this week. And the first place that I want to go in this preview for the Titans in Tampa Bay is their offensive line situation, JT. A lot of talk this week about what the lineup's going to look like. Obviously, on a mini-buy, the Titans have a pretty banged-up unit. Everybody on Thursday Night Football last week in Pittsburgh got hurt on that starting offensive line besides Aaron Brewer at center. And so what it's going to look like this week is still a mystery. As of right now, it sounds like Daniel Brunskill right guard is going to be too banged up to play. 
which is a bummer because it's probably going to mean that the Titans' latest ultimate swing offensive lineman, Dylan Ravens, who has now played every position on the offensive line for the Titans besides center, is going to fill in at right guard. That is what is being telegraphed to us from the players in the locker room and the coaches at the podium. That being said, it is going to, by default, likely mean you get, you know who, Andre Dillard, out there at left tackle once again, and that is a recipe, obviously, for disaster. What we'd like to see, at least I would, I'm not going to speak for you, but I'd imagine you share this sentiment. We'd prefer to see a real, genuine shot at left tackle given to Dylan Radens because he's proven himself at this point to be one of the best five linemen on this team, I think. Um, easily, easily best six if everybody is healthy. And he deserves to be given a shot at left tackle, the position he played in college, the position he was drafted at, and then he's he started one game there a couple of seasons ago. But they've bounced him around so much. They've been so insistent in this coaching staff that he is an interior guy. We want to develop him as a swing guy, as an interior guy. But they, for some and a, a reason that I cannot put my finger on, JT, they won't give this guy a shot on the outside. And it's really frustrating. Why won't they give him a shot? I mean, why? why it's, a, it's an impossible question for me to ask. They, why do they give him more of a shot than than they would give Peter Skronsky a shot at left tackle? Like, all, all these things ring true that they think that the best option at left tackle to play a full 60-minute game is Andre Dillard. Like, that is just how they feel if they are not willing to at least give him a shot. And maybe they will have to adjust during the game if Andre Dillard just looks absolutely desperate out there against a you mean when he does right yeah, okay well yes that is also true no i'm willing to go um, on that list. i'll okay. say when he does yeah. um against a buccaneers secondary that just got via vita vea back they have a rookie in kalaja Kansi who the past couple weeks has kind of been looking like a line breaker at some points mm-hmm. in that in his uh young career young aaron donald kalaja yes, Kansi, right um so it's going to be tough right but like it's not impossible for this line to to have a bounce back spot because they're not going up against like TJ Watt as they did last week. They're going up against some good players. Well, it's the interior, the scarier. It's the yes. Kalaja Kansi and Vita. I mean, Vita Vea on Aaron Brewer. Vita Vea has a whole full-sized golden doodles worth of weight on, on yes. Aaron Brewer. I mean, it's, it, is, it is a scary. Aaron Brewer is a good offensive lineman. He's a secret weapon to have in the run game. As a puller, he's fantastic. He's got freaky athleticism for a lineman. But he doesn't have a size. We know this. And so when he goes up against a guy that is a human bowling ball in Vita Vea, the interior standout line, defensive lineman for Tampa Bay, it, it's going to be a problem. And I think it's going to limit that because in recent weeks, they've really been utilizing him as a puller in the run game, trying to get him to the second level, trying to get him on the outside. I, I don't know what their game. I'm very fascinated to see what their game plan is with him this week because of that unique matchup. It definitely could be to the detriment of Will Levis and having to use a lot more 12 personnel here. And Stoney says Vita Vea is going to rip Andre Dillard in half like Jax for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> but like I was saying, the it could be a detriment to Will Levis because of how much maybe 12 personnel they're going to have to play. It's kind of maybe likening that to the Cleveland game as well where you just don't have the ability. Instead of having to go up against a, a game breaker like Miles Garrett, you're going to have to come up, go up against Game Breaker. That is, we don't have the depth here, so we're going to mm-hmm. have to put a tight end out there as a glorified blocker as necessity. Right. You know, so it'll be interesting to see how they do that this week. Titan Fox asks me to explain what a golden doodle. It's just a large dog, like a golden retriever. It's it's a mix. It's a it's a. It's just a I've got a buddy who's got a very large horse sized golden doodle that I was I was at his house the other day, and that's what made me think of it. But maybe an um, Irish wolfhound instead. Irish, sure, and I I like that. It's a good it's a good dog breed. Titan Fox also says, put Duncan in at right guard and Raiden's at left tackle. They wouldn't, or they won't, but it would be smart. I I agree with half of this. I, but don't put Duncan to right guard. He's he's a he's a he's a tackle prospect. He's played. He's a tackle prospect. Mostly tackle. Um, I, if you're if you're having to plug a guy in, plug and play a guy on the interior like that, the Titans have better options. Um, I I I think Corey Levin is who I would go with personally. Um, I, I'd play, I mean, Levin, low ceiling, high floor, reliable. He's going to get beat one or two times a game, but he's going to be reliable for the rest of the snaps. And that, that, that known quantity is valuable. So I would put Levin in there 
Um, but it sounds like they are going to be playing. I, I, I'd bet money on the, on it at this point that um, uh, Raidens is put there at right guard and you put Dillard on the outside because they see more in Dillard than the rest of us, obviously. Uh, ben Seaman, Benjamin Seaman, by the way, Benjamin Seaman, just we went to church together, grew up together. He's he's older than us. He was my church league basketball coach for many years. So, Benjamin, appreciate you joining us. See, on like the show a Nick today. Nurse or a Greg Popovich. Like, he's... What, where, where, are we, where are we putting him on here? Players coach, big oh, players, players coach. coach. Yeah, you okay, got okay. to be a players coach yeah. in church league. Benjamin, you can tell me if I'm mischaracterizing you, but I think that you were absolutely a players coach out there. He says that in the offseason, the Titans need to buy the best free agent tackle money can buy. Draft the best tackle left on the board. Keep Brunskill and Skaronsky. Biggest decision left is center, where we sunk a lot of money inexplicably. That's the plan, 100%. I, I think that they're, first of all, I, I know that their plan going forward is Brewer at center. He's their center of the future. I don't think there's an issue with that. I really don't. I think he's a perfectly fine center. He's a good center. He's a great, it's very situational. In games mm -hmm. like this, you're concerned about individual matchups on the yeah. inside. But how many Vita Veas are there in the league? Very, very few. Generally speaking, the interior pressure can be handled um, brain trust style with the interior offensive linemen, all three of them. And they're able, obviously, they've shown they're, they're able to scheme around um, him and use him, utilize him. <laughs> you, sorry, Benjamin said he's, he was the Bobby Knight of Church League. <laughs> Rest in peace. Fair. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um yeah, so I I think that he's going to be their their future, and yeah, you you need we talked about this last week. You need two tackles, new mm -hmm. tackles this offseason. um, and that's you know you got a lot of money to put towards that, but draft capital needs I mean, to be the thing that it's just tough when you have tackles like Orlando Brown Jr. and the like going off the market this year. You know, you wish you you wish you would have had well in the free agent market a tackle next season that doesn't look great. It, no. I mean, it, it's yeah. never it's never great because there aren't many good tackles in the league. So that's that's the nature of that. Um. Let's move on from the offensive line here. Um, a comment from, where did I go? Kenneth, good friend Kenneth here, says, anybody underestimating Baker is making a huge, huge mistake. He cooked the Titans for near 30 in the first half when he was with the Browns. I was at that game. I remember it was not fun to watch. Um, also, Titans suck on the road. This is true. I, let's talk about what this Buccaneers offense is going to present to the Titans. Uh, reason for concern in this game is this. This Buccaneers team, and I, it, do me a favor, pull up their their uh, points scored for each, like their their re record results this this season. Um, last week they scored what 35, 37 against Houston in that loss, thirty something, thirty seven, thirty seven, and then thirty final was thirty seven, thirty nine. Unfortunately, they, they're <laughs> uh, a point shy of you covering it. That's I got. That that's tough. Um, yeah, they're capable, unlike the Titans' offense so far this year, frankly of putting up 30, 40 points in games. They've done it on a number that they put north of 20, I think in most every game this season. Yeah. So they, they've failed to score 20 points in one game for uh, three games, three games. They failed to score 20. Yes. Uh, they, they, they only scored uh, 11 I, I points against they played the some, Eagles. Some tough teams. They, the Eagles, uh, sure. They only the scored Lions. six points against the Lions and then 13 against the Falcons. Okay, well, listen, here I am learning on the job. But the games that stuck were, in my mind, were against the Ravens scoring 26 points. Yes. Against the Texans scoring 39 points. Against the... the, uh, the, yeah, the I, I can't read it. The Saints. The Saints yeah. scoring 26 points. Um, And then how many, how many did they score against the Bears there? Uh, against the Bears here, they scored 27. 27 points, right. So the, my point here is that this team, this offense, against bad defenses, of which I think the Titans unfortunately can right now be characterized as, yeah. they're capable of putting up a lot of points. And so part of me, the, the analyst in me, wants to kind of see that. I kind of want them to run up the score to force Will Levis to be in a negative situation just to see if he's capable and this offense is capable of putting up points. Obviously, that's bad news for the Titans. The Titans' defense needs a big bounce-back week in this game, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But um, that that is the biggest thing for me, looking at their offense and the challenge they present for the Titans' defense. They can score a lot of points, and in recent history, Titans' defense allowing a lot of points typically means you're hamstringing the offense. They're not going to be able to keep up. You're going to lose the game pretty handily. Yeah, and I, I think to your point there, I think we'll get to the defense here, but when you are down like that, that's where you start to see them go away from Derrick Henry this season because obviously it just 
you have more of an explosive playability in the passing game with Tajay Spears right now because he he can go up whenever whenever everything just clicks. Um, but to to the defensive point, I think they will be able to have a bounce back spot this week because of just how poor the Tampa Bay running attack is. I mean, right. Rashad White uh, has put up production, but it's because he's, it's weird because he's a I think he's a good running back. He's an okay but running back. There, he, like he's he's fine. He should he's be capable of being yes. average. But the, their run offense is near league bottom at the league bottom. They're they're yeah. horrible. Last it, it, I checked, they're thirty first. Yeah, it's not great. And the only reason he has been productive this this year is because they've given him the ball 26, 27 times a game. So right. it's like it's it's very interesting. But one last thing on the tight on the uh, the Bucks offense. I don't know when you if you correct me if I'm wrong here. If you said. Uh, during the Will Levis uh, on how he's been completing a bunch of plays, 20 plus yards downfield, the downfield in, yep. in the last um, in week eight and week nine. Well, Baker Mayfield has done just the same. Um, Will Levis has 10 completions of 20 plus yards. Week eight. Week we've got it. We've got another. We've got another example. I, I told you. We I, got another I, I, example of you being zoned out. I read this earlier. No, I know. That's why I said correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, okay, okay. okay. I, sorry. Here I am correcting you. I'm yes, sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, but that that is another point I want to bring up. Is sure. That they have done. They're capable of. They it. are capable capable of doing it. He's tied right now with Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and the likes for these explosive plays downfield. So I, I just think that not having maybe Sean Murphy bunting this week hurts. Having Roger McCreary back probably helps as well probably it does it, and it, you know in the end in the end of thursday night you had two undrafted free agents yes. on the field playing corner you had trey avery and eric gare who are capable but they're udfa young players for a reason you don't really want them on the field yes. you certainly don't want them both on the field and that was the case and that was a problem very evidently you got to have one back yep. luckily mccreary is going to be back it sounds like you're not going to get shummer bunting back this week um, not we'll find out for sure on that tomorrow, but I, I'm not counting on that being the case. But having him there, getting Eric Garrett off the field and having a lockdown slot is very important. I'm curious to see, you know, with the injury concerns at corner, if they move McCreary back outside for this game, it, it, they're probably going to do what is dictated by where the, the two star receivers on this yep. offense are playing. If they're playing one of Evans or uh, uh, Godwin. Godwin on the inside on a regular basis, you know, Godwin does operate from the slot a good deal. Mm -hmm. Then I think you'll see McCreary back at the slot like he's done a lot this season. Um, but yeah, it, it, they, they, <laughs> three weeks ago, I think you and I would be sitting here saying this is a bad matchup for the Titans defense because the Buccaneers offense can't run the ball and the Titans run defense is great. They can pass the ball downfield. They can push the ball downfield. And this Titans pass defense is bad. I can't say that now because the run defense has fallen apart in the past. Month. <laughs> yes. So it's just bad defense in general. And it's broken right now. And we talked a lot about that on the football show today. If you want to go check that out after this. Um, but if we're assuming the run defense will be able to hand, like get a, this is a get right situation for them, given this poor run offense of the Buccaneers. Thump, you know, footnote here. If this Buccaneers rush offense is awesome in this game, then it's really we're it's five. We're, we have it's a big pound problem. the alarm. It's yes. Defcon one on the Titans run defense. Yeah. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, this this is a I think still a pretty bad matchup for the Titans defense because of the fact that they're going to be the Buccaneers are going to be able to exploit passing down the field. I can um, I can just already see a a play like the one in the Cleveland game with Amari Cooper, like there's, I, I can already envision a broken coverage, Mike Evans touchdown here. Like uh, that is the big thing that the, the, that this Titan secondary is going to have to do is eliminate the big plays. Well, and you, you bring that up. Um, the player that was covering Cooper in that game on that play was Christian Fulton. And I want to talk about him a little bit because this for me is the heat check game for Fulton. You've heard a lot in the past couple weeks about how oh, sneaky quietly Christian Fulton has been coming along he's been putting it together he's had three or four really nice games in a row and it's true he has credit to him for that however it's been against bad receiving cores yeah. and bad quarterbacks this is Baker Mayfield for all of his flaws he is clearly the best quarterback that Christian Fulton is going to be defending against since London a, a full month ago um and so this is the heat check for me if he's truly put it together this is the game to show it. They're relying on him a lot, missing some starters at, at the corner position. The, the you know the the safety situation is still kind of uh, a changing one. You know they're still adjusting to the loss of Kevin Byard, I'd imagine. So this is the game for him to put up or shut up for me. I will believe that he's figured it out 
if in this game he manages to shut down Evans or God Godwin, but I, you know what? I, like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait to see on that one. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to talk about in this game? It's kind of a, a brief recap today because we have again. If you want to go check out a football show, there's even more from Braden and I earlier today. Any more parting thoughts you have on this game? Looking forward to. Um, we'll you talk about what, what we expect from Will Levis? Maybe what what is what is progress to you? For I mean, Will Levis in this game? I mean, yeah, we can talk about this real quick. I, the inverse, I think, is exactly the same. I was looking at just some PFF stats here. DEFCON 20, by the way, according <laughs> to Michael Scott, per Paul uh, Bucky. Y- yes. Um, I, was looking, I was looking at PFF this week. This, this ty- or Bucks secondary is very susceptible to big plays as well, just, just as the Titans. We saw CJ Stroud do it last week. Tank Dell kind of 737 was, passing yeah. yards, 19 touchdowns. Went Is that what it was? Nuclear, right. yes. Um, but not enough to cover. <laughs> I'm still mad about that. Regardless, um, like I could totally see DeAndre this a game where once again Will Levis maybe looks better in his decision making, but still continues to just pound the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And I think he might be able to get away with it just because this secondary unit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has not been the best. It's not. It's not. And speaking of receiver, just a little bonus bet for you before the best bet gauntlet. Kyle Phillips has had two nice weeks, had a mm-hmm. breakout week last week. I checked his receiving prop number today, 19 and a half, over under 19 and a half receiving yards for Kyle Phillips. He's gone over that, well over that last week, over that in both of the two games he's been back from injury. You know what? I I would I'd sprinkle on Kyle Phillips to go 20 or more receiving yards in this game. I think that they're going to continue to utilize him. We were talking to James earlier this week in an episode that you should absolutely go check it out because it's a, a film breakdown uh, with James Foster, one of the best in town doing it on our Wednesday show. If you're watching us on YouTube or on the podcast feed, just go to the most recent episode before this. Um, he doesn't think Kyle Phillips is 100% healthy yet. It, is, it still has another gear to unlock, which is scary because he looked really fantastic yes. last week um, in presumed limited capacity. So he's a guy I think that you could really get um, get open, be utilized often in this game. It's it's a big game for DeAndre Hopkins. I, it wouldn't shock me if this is a big game for NWI because, again, their linebacker core is very good. They have very good linebackers. Yeah. They don't have great corners. They don't have great safeties. It's the outside guys. It's the guys that are going to be pushing the ball downfield. Um, they're the ones that are going to be set up for success in this one, and it sets up well for Will Levis, who, again, going against – a defense who allowed so much in the passing game to CJ Stroud and company. Maybe it's a get right game for them. Maybe, maybe they, maybe the Titans caught them at the wrong time. And that was a wake up call for them against Houston. But if they can't really step up their game from last week, it's going to be very good news for Will Levis pushing the ball downfield all day long. Yep. All right. That is our preview for today. Again, if you want more, that was kind of brief from us today. If you want more on this game, go to a football show earlier today when Braden and I broke down, this Buccaneers Titans. It's kind of game. fair though. We did a we did an hour and a half show on Wednesday. We now... did. You know what? And people can only take so much of me in a day. <laughs> I can understand that. I can only. My wife can only take so much of me. You can only take so much of me. I can only take so much of me. I need to shut up more often. I suppose. A parting thought from Ben Seaman. Feels like the Titans will need to score some points this week. Absolutely. Tampa Bay could not stop Houston last week. Interested to see if they get creative or stay conservative. Kenneth says my biggest concern is Mike Evans versus our cornerbacks it's like jaws versus a bunch of odd jobs in gold eye golden eye uh yeah abs- i agree with both of these comments those those are going to be key matchups and units to watch in this one all right we've got the best bet gauntlet coming up before that got to advertise once again our fantastic sponsors here at boom boss craft pizza and tap house come on down any thursday night before thursday night football to c- catch the show live get a gift card on us eat and drink for free delicious delicious food and drinks here we would love for you to come and hang out with us check out a boomba's wherever you are the nearest boomba's to you is also a place you should you should check out if you don't want to come on down to spring hill three middle tennessee locations here in spring hill over in murfreesboro and then in east nashville if you prefer to stay downtown and then locations in indiana and kentucky as well and if you're not subscribed to our youtube channel for the dozen or so of you that are listening live with us on youtube right now help us out Hit that subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. It's free to you. It helps us a lot. Thanks a lot for that. All right, let's get to the news with producer JT. Yeah, and the first thing we're going to talk about is this Thursday injury report. Let's talk about the guys who did not practice today. 
some names already that are, are pretty set in stone not to go this week. Nicholas Petit-Friere, which we touched on on Wednesday. He's pretty year, much Brian. done yeah. for the year. Uh, Traylon Burks with that nasty concussion also not playing this week. Probably a decent chance of not playing next week. And then, as you said, Daniel Brunskill is the big one, I think, this week. Um, two DNPs this week, so probably not going to go. And then Sean Murphy Bunting as well, two DNPs. So those guys look like they are not going to go. A couple other guys here on the injury report. Cornerback uh, Anthony Kendall uh, did not practice today. Derrick Henry did not practice because of rest. And then Ryan Tannehill was downgraded from a limited, limited participation to a DNP this week. I think that's the biggest one I want to ask you about. Do you think, obviously on on in on Wednesday, um, Ryan Tannehill came out and said he wasn't fully back yet. So right. would you anticipate that Malik Willis would be the backup this I week? I think Tannehill will be inactive at least one more week. I think Malik will be the backup. Yeah, I just, I just don't. You see some of the videos from practice. He looked kind of gimpy out there yesterday when he was practicing. I think they're going to take it slow. He's obviously in no rush. He from a personal standpoint, is focused on his un, you know, his unrestricted free agency coming up at the end of the year, being healthy and available for the Titans, obviously, if, if Will Levis goes down and they need him to step in. That's his primary objective. But looking to his future as, a, as an NFL athlete, being ready to impress a team enough to get a, a nice contract elsewhere at the end of the year. So I think they're going to take their time with him. Yeah, and then one more here that should be noted. Uh, Luke Gifford, the linebacker, is limited this week um, with a shoulder, but Pretty much everyone else on there is pretty full go right. besides just some rest. Some notable ones. Chris Hubbard coming back. Yes. The concussion. It sounds like he's yep. going to be at right tackle, which is a, dare I say, a must in this game for the Titans. So that's good news for them. Yeah, and then we can talk about the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers side here. Um, a couple ones here that, that are the most pressing. Uh, Carlton Davis, who is a, a guy who's in there a lot. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, has cornerback, not, cornerback right now, yep. has not practiced yet this week with a toe injury. Um, Josh Hayes, also a defensive back, did not practice yet this week with a concussion. J- Jamel Dean, who is also another starting cornerback for them. Their secondary is so banged up. Man. Yeah, uh, he is limited uh, now with a concussion. It's yet to be seen if he's going to be able to come back from that protocol this week. Um, and then... Uh, Kalaja Kansi shows up on the injury report today with a quad injury. He's limited, but probably will go there. Yeah, uh, big news, obviously, in the, in the Buccaneers secondary. That's the primary thing there. Um, they're already not great, and if they're banged up, it's going to be a big opportunity for Will Levis and company. Yeah, let's talk about some other quick notes here um, for the Titans. Another guy to be on the lookout for this week because of how banged up the Titans are in certain areas is TK McClendon, who has been a guy who has been uh, – around the team on the practice squad and on the active roster sometimes. But if TK McClendon Jr. plays for the Titans on Sunday. Who were bearing the lead here, by the way. Sorry, I, we, they signed him. They, they, signed, yes, they signed him they, to they the active roster. Active and we, and we found out why Naquan Jones was let go. Yes. This, this is why. Um, he'll become the seventh UDFA to suit up for the team this season. Mm. He will join Kiers Jackson, Eric Guerrero, Otis Reese, Caleb Murphy, Matthew Jackson, and Anthony Kendall uh, with those UDFAs there. That's a cool stat. It's also not good for a football no, team. No, when seven not. undrafted cool. free agents are It's playing. a fun stat for like your Tennessee Titans trivia at Applebee's exactly. 20 years from now or something <laughs> exactly, like that, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but it's not good for the football product. They, really not. Yeah, they also join all six of the Titans 2023 draft picks that have also played this year. So mm. in total, if TK McClendon plays this year, uh, 13 rookies for this team. This is a team in transition. This yep. is a team in flux. That This is natural. This is the process. It's the way it's got to be. Not shocking, but on, you know at the same time, kind of surprising when you put it all together there on paper and look at it. And let's just let, let's just finish off here the news section with just talking about how many um, this team is in flux in transition. How about the league? The league is in flux with how many quarterback injuries there are this season. Um, so this week with with a couple starters like Tommy DeVito starting, Joshua Dobbs finally getting a start. Well, he already started this year, but um, with with how many backup quarterbacks have been playing this year, it will set a record uh, in a non replacement player season with 10 rookie starting quarterbacks. The previous mark since quarterback start began, quarterback stats began being tracked in 1950 was nine in 2019. 
tough look here. Time to break it. Time to yep. break that record, baby. Yep. Unbelievable. I mean, like, if you, if you are wondering why is offensive production and touchdowns and fantasy down this year, this is why, guys. We've got a changing of the guard. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and who am I forgetting here? Like, that, that generation, Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, like, those fellas have stepped away. We've got some fantastic names to replace them. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Will Levis. And, yeah, I knew it was coming. I, I had to slide it, it in there. Coming. I had to slide it in there. Um, you've got guys to slide in there, but there's kind of a gap, right? Because the oldest guys in the league right now are Aaron Rodgers, still kicking it, trying to come back from the Achilles with the Dolphin noises or whatever. Um, but the oldest starters are like Russell Wilson, mid-30s. Ryan Tannehill until 10 seconds ago, mid-30s. Matt Stafford, mid-30s. And then there's a big gap. And then it's like Patrick Mahomes at 28, 29, 30 years old. Um, and that's that's like the oldest, the old, the new old guard of quarterbacks are in their upper 20s, right? Just peaking into the 30s. And so these guys, they're not, they're not as as tenured. They they're still figuring it out. You got a lot of guys playing on. I mean, Tommy DeVito is out here playing on Sundays. What are we doing? Of course we're not gonna score a lot of points. All right, is that it for the news? That is the news. All right, today. that is producer JT with the news and that means we've got one segment left my favorite 15 to 20 minutes of the week on the hot read podcast it's the best bet gauntlet reminding folks of where we're at this year in the best bet gauntlet the rules of which we we fail to explain sometimes here's the best bet gauntlet guys jt and i go back and forth we draft our five favorite sides of the nfl week um five each so 10 in total make it kind of hard on ourselves because pro bettors are picking five or six each week we're picking 10 in total and yet, despite that, our records are something that we're very proud of. This season, we are both above 500. Now I'm at 23-21-1. Coming back from a slow start, working my way back up into the plus territory. JT, still hot as ever to start this year. 27-16-2 as a show, which is what really matters here. We are 50-37-3 on the year. 57.5% in 2023. They say you can quit your job if you're betting at 55%. That's the pro betters number. We've been north of 55% all year long. The money keeps pouring in, and we would love for you to bet along with us just to give you some perspective on the longevity of our success here on the Best Bet Gauntlet because we've got we've to gotta establish some credibility here to get you to bet along with us. All time since the beginning of the Best Bet Gauntlet, which was at the beginning of last year's football season. We are 174, 132, and 12. 56.9% all time on a 315 plus betting sample size. That is a lot of bets to go 50, almost 57% on. If you blindly bet with the best bet gauntlet, every single bet since the beginning of last year, you'd be up nearly 27 units. And that number is climbing by the month. We have some down weeks. Everybody does. But on the long-term trajectory of the best bet gauntlet, all we do is head up, and we're looking to do that again this week. JT, before we get into our picks, an interesting note for this year and why I'm proud of what we've done so far this season despite this metric. We talk all the time about squares and sharps and mm -hmm. how the public is a losing proposition. That's how the sports books make their money and build giant buildings in the, in the desert. The sharps are the ones the, for, the sports books fear. They're the folks that we listen to. They're the folks whose research we listen to and trail and parrot on to you guys, right? We are the closest thing to professional betters you can be without being professional betters. Okay, we take this very seriously, put a lot of work into it during the week, and we are the middlemen between the pros, pros, the syndicates in betting, and you, the public. So we are happy to bring down this information from upon high. The public this year has been raking it up, JT. It's been a very public first ten, nine weeks of the NFL season public sides based on, you know, which, which side is, is has more percentage of total bets. They are 57% this year. That is extremely rare over the history of betting in the NFL. Very, very rare. The books this year, they seem to be getting the square betters real fat and happy right before the holiday season, giving them plenty of spending cash for their Christmas presents and their black Friday shopping and their holiday betting where books historically clean up the most on the public in the late November, early December, early January time frame of the year. That's when books really hammer at home. The fact that public sides are this successful so, th so far this year, to me, that is, it's terrifying. It's daunting. <laughs> it means that we're going to be forced to make some 
really, really, really gross picks yep. down the stretch here because those are the ones that are going to cash. Yep. And uh, we start this week, right? This this is a, another absolutely gross week. Back-to-back weeks where I just do not want to touch any of these games. Um, but There yeah. are a lot of weeks during the year where I'm like, oh, the ju- so many juicy lines. Yes. This week I'm like, there are three that I like? Yes. There are four that I like? Um, <laughs> so, and yet um, here we are. Real quick. You have the first I, pick, by I the way. I do have the first pick, unfortunately. And I just want to say that I... I personally feel like I've been violated by the NFL these past couple of weeks. Is here. that so? Yes, uh, I've had tremendous bad beats every uh, the past two weeks. Happens here from, to the best of us. From Hate that for you. Having Nelson Aguilar absolutely sell on, on one of my picks to last week, um, having Mike McCarthy just absolutely not know how to run an offense, um, and the Dallas Cowboys just not being able to to put the Philadelphia Eagles away, and then also. The Houston Texans failing to cover because their kicker got hurt. <laughs> Real quick, if I can just tell you about how unlucky that uh, that Texans bet was. Okay. Teams with five-plus passing touchdowns going into last week were 102-13 and 13 straight up, 93-16-6 against the spread over the last 20 years. That's an 85% cover rate. And CJ Stroud. You, my friend, were the 15%. The, Congratulations. I was the 15% because Kaimi Fairbairn Tough. cannot kick. And then they wouldn't let their they wouldn't let their uh fullback their fullback right. kick the extra point to make us happy. Tough, tough. Unfortunate. All right. Well, we're, however, we're, it's it's new week, fresh it's a new week. Dawn, that's all behind day. us. Yes. New dawn, it's a new day. So um, with that, what is your first pick of the week? Ten best bet golf. Yeah, my first pick this week is going to be Minnesota. I'm riding with. Joshua Dobbs plus three the pastor uh, versus the New Orleans Saints. And this is a pretty easy one. I think this is maybe my best bet this week. Well, you're taking it first. So yes. I sure hope so. Um, it, it, it comes down <laughs> to this, right? Um, in games where Derek Carr is a favorite or a small underdog, his teams have struggled as a favorite or underdog of three or less. He is 36, 50, and three against oh. the spread paired with his coach, Dennis that's Allen. The, that's a one game away from the inverse of our record on the best bet golf. Yeah, right? Year. Right. Yeah, it's um, terrible. It's horrible. In tandem with that, Dennis Allen coach teams are just 3, 14, and two against the spread coming off a straight Three and 14? Yes, they, they do not. Uh, continue the momentum after getting a straight-up win. By the way, they did get a straight-up win last week against a Tyson Badgett-led Bears team that still... A T-bag team Who we're about to see again, by the way, in prime time. God help us. Tyson Badgett outgained the Saints last week. I know. The the Bears outgained the Saints last week, and the Saints were still able to somehow win that game because I think Tyson Badgett through through like four interceptions or something. There were three or four turnovers in that game. I'm just interested more in seeing um this joshua dobbs team now that they have a week where josh dobbs can actually learn the plays oh like, how about that be, you know his teammates able, names be able how about? to um produce a little bit more and getting them as home underdogs this week is is one of my favorites so i'm going to take them plus three i'm never going to complain about a home dog i understand that um for folks just to just to clarify i've had some folks gt it, it's been heartening this week i've had three different people come to me and say I'm tailing the best bet gauntlet. I trust you guys, oh, that's which is really nice. Um, and so they look at our numbers. We we put out on a on a weekly basis, typically, me or JT or both of us, put out tweets at Easton Freeze at JT underscore Runkey of lines we're taking early in the week to lock in that number for the best bet gauntlet to take early. You got to follow us and follow the Hot Read Pod at Hot Read Pod on Twitter to get those numbers to to know when we're taking them because we're trying to get the best of the number. I put out New Orleans. Minus two and a half in this game um, because I, 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 I liked that side early and I felt like it was going to go to three. Looking at the numbers, I'm, w- I'm with you, I think, on this one. I, I'm, I don't feel as strongly about it as you, but I respect your conviction. If you, if you took the New Orleans minus two and a half with me, if you like it, stick with it. I like getting under the field goal there, but I wouldn't blame you if you cash out. I may end up cashing out of that bet by the end of the week when more injury news comes out, when we hear more about the reports from these teams. So when, when you see those numbers from us, Go ahead and take them, sprinkle on them, get the best of the number. Be ready to cash out because sometimes as the week progresses, as injury news comes out, you got to back off of them. And that's one that I'm thinking about backing off on. I like your Minnesota side. All right. Um, my first pick of the week 10 best bet gauntlet. I'm taking the Motor City Kitties and Motor City Dan at the Los Angeles Chargers minus two and a half. This was one of those numbers that I locked down earlier in the week. And if you waited until now, you probably missed out on the best of the number. 
Very few minus two and a halfs left. You're having to give up that hook and get the three. I still like Detroit at the three. So if you're betting now with us, this is the first you're hearing it, I'd still take Detroit at the three. Up to three, I wouldn't go three and a half. Here's the reasoning, okay? They're on the road, technically, in LA. That Chargers home field advantage doesn't exist. We know this, right? So I'm not worried about that. This is not a real home game. This is a very, very public side this week. I'm with the public on this one. We, throughout the year, we've been going with the Sharps are dumb vibes picks. This is a little bit of a vibe six for, for me, but not really. Because if you look at these teams, you look at who they've beat. Detroit is up there with the class of the NFC. They're currently second in the NFC. They have only lost to some of the best teams. They've lost to Baltimore, and they lost to Seattle, two other very good teams, in my opinion, in this league. They have handled their business and have been very profitable against the spread this year. The Chargers are the team that I, this is less a bet on the, the Lions and more a bet against the Chargers. The last two games we've seen of them have both been in primetime. You always have to be wary of that. Primetime winners are always overinflated in the market. They've won two games against two bad teams. They didn't look very impressive against the, what was it, the Bears last week? Yes. Um, and then the week before, was it the Jets? Uh, Bears and then Jets. Bears and the, okay, so those are the two. I got mixed up the order. But Bears and Jets, they've won both of those games in prime time, convinced a lot of eyeballs across the nation and across the world that they're a good team. I'm not buying it, man. I'm calling their bluff. I, I think that they're a very mid-team. I think that Detroit is a very good team. I think Detroit wins this game by a touchdown. I really have no – I have no – Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a trap spot for Detroit. If so, I'm walking into it. I'm running into it. I think Detroit is winning this game handily. I love this pick. Give me Detroit minus two and a half. Yeah, with my second pick here, we talked about it earlier. I'm taking the Titans this week, plus one, going into uh, Raymond James Stadium just because even because of their away game woes, I still think this is a really good spot for them. First of all, just reiterate the stat that we said earlier. Run that back. Run it back. Um, on the second leg of a road game or a road trip um, or later, so in which the Titans are on yep. here going into Florida, if you play one of the Florida teams, which is the which is the Bucks, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins, um, the the uh, the the team that is on that road there trip you go. Yep. is 95-51 and five 95, against the spread. 95-51 and five. 18. I'm blind betting that just because of the uh, the you voodoo gotta. that is Florida. You got it. You, know? you got it. I think yep. that is. Um, a really good spot here for them. Also, just Mike Vrabel reiterating once again how good he is as an underdog when Vrabel is a dog of three or less. He is 21 and 17 straight up, as well as 19, 70, 17 and two against the spread. He's currently four and two against the spread in that spot this season. And then also after a straight up loss, Vrabel is 12, nine and one against the spread in that spot, winning against the spread in three of his last four pretty easy for me i think that these teams are pretty closely matched for for everything that we've said tonight um so i'm gonna take the underdog there the titans plus one i like that bet a lot i'll be telling you on that one for sure my second bet of the week 10 best bet going i'm taking baltimore minus six against the cleveland browns at home against the cleveland browns if i'm not mistaken i think it was you that earlier this season in the first matchup between these teams took the browns bet that in division game voodoo and it cashed for you I'm betting against well, actually, that. No, this it, one. no, no, it was the other way around. It was the other way around because okay. it was the DTR game. That's right. And the, I got yeah, absolutely yep. sold on that one. You did. You did. Okay. Fair. I think that this is, it has potential to be a voodoo divisional game. However, I, I think that this is at the peak of the market for Baltimore. I think that this is the best. They're, I think they're peaking right now, which is not good news for them as a football team, but it's good news as a better. I think this is, they are the maybe the hottest team in the league right now. And if you look at their injury report today, JT. They have pretty much everyone healthy for the first time all year. So they're going to be at full strength. Cleveland has a lot of injury concerns, especially in the offensive line right now, I believe. Um, I, I just think that, that they're such a better team right now at home. I like them under the touchdown. That's It's really simple handicap for me. I think that the hottest team in the league at full strength right now, this is the time to cash in on Baltimore murdering teams, which they've been doing a couple of weeks in a row now. Yeah. Give me Baltimore minus six at home against Cleveland. Yeah, with my next pick here, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers plus three uh, going to Pittsburgh. This one, for me, it, it's just kind of following the the old rule that is bet the underdog in low total games. 
uh, NFL underdogs in games with a total, which is the over-under, below 42 are 165, 109, and 6 against the spread since 2018, and 28, 15, and 2 against the spread this season. There's a lot of them this week, and my favorite of the week so far is Green Bay. Look, they're going up against a team that is extremely lucky, as we said. In, in mostly all their games, they've been outgamed and have had All of them, a not lot, mostly, all of them. Have had a lot of luck go their way. They're so fraudulent. Uh, JT, if you flipped the result of every one-score game for Pittsburgh this year, they'd be 0-8. Would they really? They'd be 0-8. Yeah, well, maybe they're this year's Vikings, for they, sure. No, they are! Um, but either way, Jordan Love kind of surprised me last week, and uh, this Pittsburgh team is not one that I think if Green Bay gets off to a slow start like they have in recent past, like, Pittsburgh's not going to punish you for that. So I think this game's going to be close and uh, not buying into any of Mike Tomlin's ability here. The voodoo. The voodoo that can, is. Can I add two things to this? Sure. One is that I, I'm, I'm 100% with you on this bet. One is that I think that Pittsburgh being the public side here is going to get bet up. So I think there's a chance you get that three and a half by the end of the week. So just I I, I, I would not bet this now. I would monitor yeah, it up until Sunday. Sunday. Yep. See if you can get that three and a half. I think the three, it was, the three will always be there. Three and a half for a little bit. And it was. I think back down. I think it gets back there. The other thing is the action network, which we love to utilize all the time. They've got luck rankings, which we reference on a regular basis. It's it, complicated. You can look up how they do the, the process, but I, I I buy into it. You look at the, the success of luck ranking games in which the the rankings of the teams each week, the luckiest and the least lucky, lucky in the league, head to head. Whenever you have a luck ranking differential of a certain amount, the the unlucky team, the regression to the mean, and the lucky team regression down to the mean. Typically, the the unlucky team cashes, and they have a winning percentage ATS using that formula. So look into all of that on Action Network. But this is the biggest, maybe maybe the biggest luck ranking differential in the entire league. The Packers are thirtieth out of 32 in luck rankings this year. The Steelers are first. Yep. This is the one of the least lucky teams against the luckiest team. They are due for regression. I think it comes in this game. I love this pick. Um, my week 10, second, or excuse me, third overall pick in the best bet gauntlet is going to be the Germany game. I'm taking New England plus two. I bet them a lot. I've been catching this New England falling knife a lot recently, but I'm going back to the well. They are plus two at home against Indianapolis. Here's the here's the handicap on this one. The Colts were made to look so much better against that Panthers team last week than they actually were. Two pick sixes were what decided that game. The Panthers and Bryce Young outgained them offensively. And Gardner Minshew is one of, if not the most negative play, turnover worthy play prone quarterbacks in the entire league. So I think that he is being slowly unmasked exposed more and more each week as a serviceable backup but nothing more um when you look at the actual scheme gus bradley the defensive coordinator for the colts his defense famously plays more zone coverage than pretty much anybody in the league and has always been that way and probably always will be that way they don't go away from it even when it's situationally advantageous to them new england is dead last in uh average yards per attempt this season against man coverage, but against zone, which is what the Colts will be playing. They're 13th. They're above average in the league. You also introduced the fact that Indy is 23rd in run defense DVOA this year. So it's going to be some Ramondre time that the, the Patriots are going to be able to play their kind of ball, their style of rounds and pound ball. And you got guys like pop Douglas who are on that, that uh, new England team who are emerging in the, 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 uh, the, the well that was left behind by some, 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 injured and or bad pass catchers yes there's been an opportunity presented to guys like pop douglas who are stepping up and looking pretty good in recent weeks um i i just think this is a spot for new england i think that them getting two points on the road in germany is is this should be a, a pick em game to me so i'm, I'm going to take the points of new england in this one give me new england plus two yeah with my next pick here you you had it last week with the raiders but i'm going to continue with with the with the raiders here being home underdogs to the New York Jets of all teams mm. this week. Zach, that's right. Zach Wilson Zach is Wilson. a favorite. Are you this telling week. me you're fading Zach Wilson as a favorite on the road? Yes. You mad. I know, right? <laughs> Here's a stat that I find very interesting here. Okay. Teams that allow seven or more sacks in their previous game 
are 89, 115, and 5 against the spread in the last 20 years. That's a 43.6% rate there. This uh, Raiders team can get to the quarterback. Max Crosby has looked very good. He's looked as advertised this season. Um, I'm expecting a lot of what Aiden O'Connell did last week to continue over into his third overall start, which, by the way, I haven't thought Aiden O'Connell has looked terrible. He's in, been in serviceable. He's, He's been, been serviceable. very serviceable. Yeah. Um, and also, I think this passing attack uh, is, is due for some positive regression. We've seen the last couple of weeks that Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams just have not had things go their way in the past couple of weeks. So I expect with another week under his belt, Aiden O'Connell gets better. This Jets team, like, they barely won a game against the New York Giants where they where Tommy DeVito had negative nine passing yards. Well, JT, like, this is a direct comparison, right? The, the, the Jets won an overtime against the Giants yes. against Tommy DeVito. The Raiders in the following week won 30 to six. They did. They absolutely pounded the Giants. So it, this one uh, really stuck out to me as I, I think Raiders at home. By the way, this is only the Jets' third uh, road game of the season. I know because what? technically they were a road team when they played the Giants. At not Met a road Life. game. Not a road not game. A road game. No. Um, so I, I that's think, a road game like the international series yeah, or right. home games. I, right. I think uh, Zach Wilson and, and this team are going to once again not be able to put it together. You saw earlier this week his coach Robert Sala doesn't exactly have faith in him because he you just does not have an answer uh, for why he is still. Um, playing quarterback but i like the raiders this week as the underdogs at home all right let's pick up the pace and get out of here i think that people are tired of us jt let's let's get these last three picks out of the way i'm this is easily the biggest spread take on the best bet gauntlet in the history of the, of, the, of the show i'm taking dallas minus 16 Good. and a half i agree against the giants i'd take it at 17 even here's the very simple handicap on this one for you okay the giants with tyrod taylor much better quarterback against an above average defense in Buffalo was catching 14 points just two weeks ago. Now they're catching 16 and a half with Tommy DeVito against the top five defense, top three defense, even in the Cowboys and an offense that's on fire reminder. When these two teams met earlier in the season, they lost the, the giants lost 38 to nothing at home to Dallas. Dallas's offensive line fully healthy now they weren't in the first matchup here's a number for you that's crazy Dak favored by six or more points in his career 27 and 11 ATS 71 percent like I said last week when I was right about the Cowboys handicap and you were wrong the Cowboys all they do is murder bad teams this is the bad team right now they're going to murder this bad team give me Dallas minus 16 and a half at home against the G men. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. And as uh, Stoney says in the chat here, we do need to hurry it up because Virginia versus Louisville. We're trying, Stoney. I got you. We're trying. Just, just two so, more picks. Two more picks. Um, I'm with you on that one, of course. Like that—that that is a no-brainer for me. It's, if you weren't going to take it, I was. It's the world's it largest line, and you have to take it. You just um, have to. And then finally, here we go. We are once again going head to head. Head to head this week. Third week um, in a row, I believe. Third week in a row. So. I'm taking Houston at that line that we grabbed earlier this week, plus six and a half. I wasn't going to initially take it. However, with in light of recent recent news, yep. T. Higgins looking not likely to go. Uh, Jamar Chase also banged up as well. This is a spot where I think that this, this C.J. Stroud-led offense, which also is banged up, but I think C.J. Stroud has just been on fire and I can I think he continues to be so um they've go up against the Bengals secondary which has some nice pieces Cam Taylor Britt is playing very well Mike Hilton is playing very well but outside of that their safeties have been less than desirable after losing <laughs> Jesse Bates last year Fair. um so I think that they do just enough especially at this line I expect this as we get farther into the week to go down even more we don't know if Jamar Chase is still going to play or not so I'm just going to take them because I already think that this game, Cincinnati, we saw this one as well with the Seattle game it, it, with that spread. This this Bengals team plays down to their competition at home sometimes. I'm expecting a, a, the uh, same result here, especially with how good C.J. Stroud has been. So I'm going to take Houston plus six and a half. So I'm taking Cincy minus six in this game, and it's because I think that this is the litmus test for Houston. This is the heat check for them, and I'm just fading the noise a little bit. I love what C.J.'s done. I love what this team has done. Um, but this is the game where they try to go from we're the scrappy fun team that's dangerous on any given Sunday to we're a real competitor. That's what this game is. And Cincinnati is hitting their stride right now. 
They're at home against this Houston team coming off of a massive, massive, exciting win. I just think that this is a mismatch for them, and it's going to temper our expectations, bring them back down to where they should be on this Texans team. Young, frisky, fun. I think they're still a year away, so I'm willing to lay under the touchdown for Cincinnati minus six in this one. So that is our best bet gauntlet for week 10. To recap, JT taking Minnesota plus three at home against New Orleans. Tennessee plus one on the road at Tampa Bay. Green Bay plus three on the road at Pittsburgh. Vegas plus one at home against the Giant or the, excuse me, the Jets. And Houston plus six and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm taking Detroit minus two and a half at the Chargers. Baltimore minus six at home against Cleveland. New England plus two in Germany against Indianapolis. Dallas minus 16 and a half at home against the Giants. And Cincinnati minus six against Houston. And that is our best bet gauntlet for the week. That is our show for today. And we appreciate those of you that tuned in with us live. A couple of things, parting words for you. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Help us out there. Subscribe on YouTube. Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Hot Read Pod on TikTok, Instagram, and what am I missing here? Uh, Twitter. Duh. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, follow us there. It's at Hot Read Pod across all socials. We'll get your very best content clips, announcements from this show. you got to be following those accounts to know what is up. Enjoy watching the Titans and Will Levis in their third game with their new quarterback this week in Tampa Bay until Sunday evening when JT and I will be live recapping that game, reacting to that game, or Monday morning if you catch the podcast or the video show on YouTube. For JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Enjoy the weekend of games. We'll talk to you again Sunday night. Uh-huh.